Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. And this is Cindy Meyer. And this show is brought to you each and every week by Spirit Seeker Magazine. The magazine has been published and distributed for over 20 years, in, uh, starting in the Midwest. And then we uh, went online in 1998. We are read all through the United States and uh, oftentimes have readers from Canada. And, you know, Spirit Seeker just kind of is carried different places uh, throughout the world. So sometimes I'll get you know, emails from someone who found it in Spain. And, you know, you just think, how did, how did the magazine wind up in Spain? But it just has this way of, um, you know, I, probably because people are reading it online so much these days. So, but you can find us in St. Louis, Chicago, and Kansas City as a print magazine and at many conferences throughout the U.S. Um, we're in Whole Foods and all of those cities and more, and we appreciate you um, supporting the magazine and letting others know about it. In addition, we have a weekly email newsletter that lets you know who the radio show guests are, uh, fabulous events happening throughout, um, throughout, throughout the Mind, Body, Spirit community globally. Um, and we do not sell our email lists, so if you want to be added, you will only receive emails from us. Um, so if you would like to be added, please send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. We do regular giveaways of books and CDs and wonderful things that we receive from all the people who um, support Spirit Seeker, and then we bless you uh, in return. So that's another uh, wonderful gift for being part of our email list. Okay, so I think that's really it. We, um, we have the rest of the show for our guests, and I'm so excited. Um, my guest tonight is Dr. Barbara DeAngelis, and she is a very well-known um, author. She's an internationally recognized expert on um, human relations and one of America's most influential teachers and visionaries in the field of personal and spiritual development. She's been on the front lines for a long time. She's um, a speaker, a popular TV and radio personality for over four decades. Um, she's helped tens of millions of people worldwide with her inspirational guidance. She has uplifting messages. She, she is very generous. She has giveaway meditations, and I, I'll let her tell you about that in just a moment when I bring her on. But she, um, she is cutting edge, finger on the pulse of, of what's going on globally right now. And um, one of her other best-selling books is uh, Real Moments, Are You the One for Me? How Did I Get Home? And Soul Shifts. And her newest one that we'll be hearing about tonight is the choice for love, entering into a new enlightened relationship with yourself and others. So, Barbara, thank you so much for being my guest. You're welcome. I'm very happy to be here. Okay. So, at this time of of uh, incredible transformation, your book is in, is like timely beyond words, and um, I like how you you call it the choice for love and. You know, I'm just going to let you just share however, whatever you would want on the inspiration of this book, what, you know, I know you've written a lot of books, and this one's a little bit different. So please just start, and I'll interject every once in a while. Well, uh, this is my 16th book, and uh, I really believe it's the most important book that I've written. Um, I started writing books in the 1980s, and I've written books on everything, relationships, personal growth, transformation, uh, spiritual consciousness. But right now, now more than ever, I think this is the right book for the right time. So many of us are experiencing inner turmoil because of the challenges in the world, uh, issues in our own life or things that we see happening around us that uh, throw us off center, that don't allow us to feel as connected, as fulfilled as we want. And I wrote The Choice for Love because now more than ever, I think we each need to find the ability to connect with the highest love inside of us, to find a sanctuary of peace and clarity in the midst of everything else that's going on. And all of us 
spend our lives searching for love, for the experience of it, for relationships. But the choice for love is about a really revolutionary experience of your own relationship with the energy of love itself. Not not love as an emotion, not love as a bond between you and somebody else, but the experience of love as this light-drenched, limitless source field that I really believe is the essence of who we are and that's inside and that nobody can give us. So how do we unblock our connection to it? How do we bring more of it out? into every area of our life? How do we look at how much, believe it or not, we're controlling it, modulating it, blocking how much it flows out, blocking how much we receive? And this isn't about new attitudes about love. It's not a new philosophy or positive thoughts about it. It's actually teaching people how to enter into the experience of their own unlimited love to bring that energy into all aspects of their life, into their relationships, into their work, and into their path of growth. Well, and you know, I I think that's the piece, you know, that is somewhat missing with the um, instant gratification and and people not knowing sometimes even what love is, if if you're following my, um, my question here. The question is, what if someone says, I don't really know what love feels like? Well, what they're saying is they don't, what, usually when people say that, what they're meaning is they don't know what it feels like to experience a state of love inside of themselves. Or what they're saying is, I don't like the relationships I've had. Or I haven't found anybody right. with whom I can feel that feeling of love. One of the things that I talk about in the very beginning of the choice for love is to understand the shift from thinking of love as an emotion to an energy that it is that place that rises up from within in us, whether it's we're looking out at a beautiful scene in nature, we're holding our child, we're playing with our dog. We see the face of someone we love. Where does that love come from? that we suddenly feel? Does the person you know, put it in us with a hose? Do they give us bottles of it to drink? When we feel love, it's coming from inside of us. It rises up. Something makes it rise up. So no one actually ever gives us any love that we don't already have. Nothing can be added right. to us. It's always our love. It always comes from the inside out. You don't even need to be in a relationship to experience that or have conquered your fears. So this brings up then, well, what is a relationship? You know, because when you think of love, we think, well, a love means I have a relationship in my life. But a relationship is not the same as love, not at all. Imagine that each of us has our own kind of reservoir of that life force called love. And the heart and I'm talking about the metaphysical heart, not the physical heart, the heart space, that place where if we feel something deeply, put our hand in the center of our chest, that space, the metaphysical heart, is kind of like the linking station between the human and the divine, between the cosmic and the personal. And it's as if there's this huge source of that love you know, in the universe, and our collection place for it is in that metaphysical heart when two people have a relationship they each access love from their own individual heart reservoir and you can think about the things that we think of in a relationship like affection and communication and things we do they're like the pipes you see between your heart Mm -hmm. and somebody else's but the truth is that when somebody does something and you say, now I feel love, what's happened is it's as if they're like the wind on an ocean. You know, if you see an ocean that's very quiet and flat, it looks like it doesn't have any waves. All of a sudden, the wind picks up and these waves rise up. And you can say, where are the waves coming from? Did the wind give the waves to the ocean? Of course not. It's allowing the energy that's already there, the ocean, the water, to rise up higher in waves. So people who, who, quote, make us or help us feel our love are like wind make, wave makers. That's really what they are. You can say to somebody, you're, you're a great wave maker for me. You know? And um, if, if you're feeling love, if, if you're in somebody's presence or you're thinking about somebody and you feel all this love, it's your love 
In fact, it's the love with a capital T, capital L. It's the love you're feeling. They allowed it to rise up more, but it's always yours. So it's your ocean, it's your water, it's your love. And then the question is, what blocks us from feeling that? Where are we not connected to that reservoir? Where do we have frozen pipes, basically, from things that have hurt us, times people have disappointed us or betrayed us, childhood experiences, where we freeze up the energy of our own love and we end up living in kind of an ice palace. So this is a way of understanding that we each have a relationship Mm -hmm. with love. And if you don't have a relationship with your own love, if you haven't cleared it out, you're not going to experience being in love with anybody because you have to be in love, your own love, in order to really feel in love with anyone else. And that's what you're saying, I think, when you say people say, I don't know what love is, because what they're saying Mm -hmm. is, you know, when somebody gives me attention, maybe for 10 minutes, I feel loved, and then it goes away immediately. That's because they're not feeling their own love. They've blocked it. They're feeling attention. They're feeling someone's behaving. They're feeling a compliment. That's not the same as love. I think your analogy of the pipes and... Um, you know, something freezing up. It's it's this is a totally different thing. But today, my my girlfriend was saying, yeah, you know, um, my hot tub, uh, something. There was a leak while I was gone, and then the water got into the motor, and the motor froze. So now I have to replace the whole motor. And I just I listened to that, and I thought one little tiny leak, and everything was frozen up. And and when you were, you know, when I read this in your book and, you know, about the pipe analogy, I was like, it's really quite brilliant because, you know, people don't understand how things get clogged and, and, and contracted in the body. And that, you know, emotions, well, they get, people don't, they get you know. Contracted, yes, and then they get it contracted in the emotional body. You know, all of us uh, from the time we're born, and you can see babies are drenched with love. You can see that they remember that they are love. They're not having any trouble giving it or receiving it. <laughs> so anyone who says, I'm just, a, I'm just not an emotional person, trust me, you were an emotional baby. You didn't, you didn't get born that way. But bit by bit, moment by moment, things happen to us in life. Somebody disappoints us. Somebody hurts us. Something happens that makes us feel that we're not safe. And so we put up a wall. We, in a sense, freeze the flow of love. We freeze the flow of being able to receive. And what happens is bit by bit, moment by moment, we create these blocks of ice, in a sense, frozen feelings, frozen grief, frozen anger. Eventually, those things are so big that many times our love can't get out, other people's can't get in, haven't Hasn't everyone listening ever tried to love somebody and you're, you're being wonderful and you're loving them and you're giving and you're attentive and you're compassionate and it doesn't matter how much you give. They're not feeling it. It's not making a difference. That's because there's such mm-hmm. a wall there that no matter how much you're loving, in a sense, it feels like it's bouncing back. And there's things we also do ourselves. And this is what I mean when I start to talk about the choice for love. Every time we say, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to feel this. Mm-hmm. I'm turning off to this. I'm just going to have 10 glasses of wine. I'm just shutting off. We're actually in ourselves disconnecting from the life force. We're disconnecting from love. So there's a process I call in the choice for love the big melt, which is the defrosting process of our heart. Most of us need a lot of defrosting, defrosting old feelings, defrosting places where we've numbed out. And when that happens, all this life force energy flows in. It comes into our relationships. It comes into our career in the form of creativity. It comes into our spiritual growth in the form of inner awakening. It's all the same energy. And, you know, if you think about, and I'm sure you've interviewed people like this yourself on your great program, whenever you ask anybody who's had a near-death experience or, you know, left the body and come back, and they you say, describe what it was like, they never ever say it was nothing there was nothing it was just nothing it was flat (laughs) what do they say it was love i can't even describe it it wasn't love the way we think of it it was this energy it was complete all the mystics have written about this jesus talked about this so that is who we are not the way we think of love but the energy field the highest vibration and everyone listening has that in there 
And here's the thing I always tell my audiences and students, you know, if you've ever had an experience, a high experience, maybe you're, you know, meditating somewhere, maybe you're taking a walk, maybe you're listening to chanting, maybe you're with someone you love or you're holding a child and you feel this expansion and you feel connected with everything and you feel so good and you go, aha, I've arrived somewhere, and then it goes away. If you can feel it for one minute, it means it's there inside of you. That didn't come from the mountain, the baby, the dog, or anything. It came from within you. It rose up from within you. If that's the case, and this is how I started my personal growth when I was in my teens, the answer is, well, how come if it rose up in me right now, it's not rising up tomorrow? You know, Why does it rise up sometimes and not? What's blocking it? What do I need to do to reconnect with it? That's what the choice for love is about, the choice to learn how to recalibrate yourself moment by moment to the highest vibration using your consciousness, using techniques I teach, so that in each moment you can have more of those moments of the highest and not just the lowest. And even more importantly, when you find yourself drifting from that, you know how to find your way back. You don't have to just wait to get in a good mood again. You don't have to wait for something to happen. That's why it's called The Choice for Love as opposed to, for instance, The Choice to Love, which would be a book about how to be nice to people or you know, how to be more you know, patient with your kids. And that's all good. Or you know, Looking for Love is The Chase for Love. That's a whole different book. This is The Choice to Love. How can I make choices moment by moment in me, not on the outside, inside of me to find and access my highest and bring it out. This is what I call practical spirituality. Which is the name of the game right now. And, you know, I I was invited to attend a women's spiritual book club over the weekend. And, you know, they were students that had studied with me in some of the feng shui classes I was teaching. And they said, you know, we have this book club. Why don't you come? So we were all there. And the topic Interestingly enough, almost every person there, I would say 80%, um, were studying The Course in Miracles. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is, I hadn't been immersed in A Course in Miracles in a long time. And, and yet, once you've studied it, it's there. And the topic that kept, no matter, we were reading A Woman's Worth, um, one of the, you know, Miriam Williamson's in the older book. And, you know, but, but the topic was, how do you not have special relationships? How do you love everyone the same? And, and you know, one of the gals said, I'm sorry, but I love some people more than others, and I can't get over that. <laughs> and, and the whole thing was, you know, bringing it back to love. And then, of course, it segued into politics and, you know, the challenges of how can you be loving when terrible things are happening. You, you get the drift of where this is going. But the, but the main thing that every single person in that group coming together, synergistic, synergistically, uh, and most of them, by the way, are, some can't listen live, but they're all listening to the show later, and, and I think we're reading your book in our book club, um, is is this love. Like, how do we maintain it? How do we, you know, and so your book is perfect with this, and I love how um, each chapter brings it back to studying, you know, looking at it from an energetic electromagnetic field standpoint, looking at it from every angle, and and the one where, um, the questioner says, how are we ch- to treat others? And Ramana Maharishi says, there are no others. I just love that. It was like, it says it all. Well, it does, but it's very nuanced as well. You know, I am a very practical teacher. I've been um, a spiritual teacher and on a spiritual path since I was 18. But I'm not a philosophical teacher. I'm an integrated teacher. It's one of the reasons I think I've had so much longevity in my career and been so successful. Um, You can't tell somebody who's feeling angry that they should just love and turn away from their anger. That anger is part of their humanity in that moment. So one of the things that I talk a lot about in The Choice for Love and I think is essential for every spiritual seeker is the interplay between your humanity and your divinity. We are not supposed to be bypassing our humanity to try to jump into some life of divinity and you know, be walking around in some state of bliss that's not grounded. We are in human bodies for a reason. They're not there to get rid of. They're not there to you know, tell, you know, think of as an impediment. 
they're there to live side by side along with everything else. And I have had so much response from so many people, particularly about my chapters about your humanity and your divinity colliding. So, you know, for instance, your question, you know, how do I, you know, feel love for somebody, you know, when somebody else's behavior isn't making me love them as much? My answer, and this is just personal, is that you don't think I should love everyone equally. You're on a cosmic level. You can feel the spirit and you can not just think, but, you know, if you really work on yourself, and this is my experience, tune in and feel that same vibration of love and its purity in everybody. But it's not going to be resonating in the same way. Imagine right now that everyone's like a swimming pool. And in that swimming pool is this water, which you can say, let's call it the life force or the chi or the shakti or the love. And each of us has a swimming pool, and we've dealt with that swimming pool in a different way, right? Now, they're all filled with water. Imagine one swimming pool. Somebody has taken care to continue to keep it purified. It's pristine. They're always working on filtering out anything that's not serving them and working on refining it and recalibrating it, taking care of it, et cetera, et cetera, making sure they know who's in the pool, that no trash is being thrown in the pool. And when you look at that pool, you just want to go in the water. Now imagine somebody else next to them. Yes, that is still being fed by the same source of water, and it's still a container. But let's say that pool has garbage floating in it. Let's say it hasn't been cleaned out, and it has all kinds of muck and green mold all over the place. You see, let's say it has all kinds of trash of emotional baggage that you haven't you know, dealt with, old anger, old grief, old blame, and it's floating in there. Are you going to want to get into that pool? No, you're not swimming in it, meaning Mm -hmm. connecting with it, loving it. Can you see that the water has come from the same source and feel that, yes, I love water equally? Yes, but you don't love the pools equally. You see? You don't. And you can't. And to say that you're going to get in the dirty, garbagey pool and feel refreshed afterwards is not real. So this is just one example of what I try to invite people to do is face and look at the real and the unreal, the difference between um, kind of a cosmic view of things and a human view, how to hold them side by side in your heart, how to be compassionate and yet have boundaries. This is practical spirituality. It's what I've been teaching for a long time, and it's so essential because I, I agree with what you're saying, and I have to tell you, I see a lot of people who are on a path of growth or transformation beating themselves up all the time because they're not experiencing what they, quote, think they should be if they are growing, if they are spiritual, if they are conscious. They feel anger. They feel disappointment. They get scared. And then they beat themselves up for thinking that and think, oh, my God, if I was just, and fill in the blank, doing more affirmations, meditating better, I wouldn't be feeling this. This is a completely erroneous understanding you're feeling it because you're human you're feeling it because you're living in a big vibrational vortex called the planet with all kinds of things you're feeling it because your heart is open that's why you're feeling it and you're not feeling it because you're weak or something's wrong and this is probably one of the things i just gave a talk the other day to a huge new thought church and people start weeping when i say this because so many people in the name of wanting to grow are actually making the choice to not love themselves because they're not understanding the map, the road that they're on. You know, I always say there's nothing worse than a seeker who's really growing, misinterpreting the experiences they're having along the way. And I'm a map maker. I, you know, I'm not a theoretical teacher. So I've created a lot of maps about transformation and spiritual growth about the real places and the rest stops and what you're going to find as opposed to something magical thinking that you know if i was really enlightened i would never whatever how do i know these because i've gone through them myself when i started meditating in 1969 i remember thinking all i have to do is meditate twice a day and i'll never be upset again i'll never get sick i really thought this i'm a i'm a pisces i'm very idealistic you know i i will everything will be fine that's all i need you know, and, and this right. is the truth for many, many. All I need to do is what? You fill it in. Yoga, this, that, eat raw. We are living in human bodies. Earth is the biggest school around. We're all taking what I call cosmic classes. 
um, you know, everyone doesn't realize that we've signed up for cosmic courses. You know, for instance, what's wrong with everyone? The tolerance symposium, you know, um, you know, pathways to patients, you know, how to live with people who drive you crazy. We're learning things and there's reasons. And when you can understand them, and I talk a lot about this in The Choice for Love, it makes the path so much easier, more real, and it makes your attainments much more significant. Very beautiful and practical what you just said. And I, I, I like how you, um, how you teach. And, you know, that's one of, the, one of the things, you know, with the New Thought community, you know, as much as, um, well, I love the New Thought community, but one of the things that I think that the, the traps is exactly what you described. When someone is meditating and they're doing all the things and they're told, you know, you're, you, know you have to do this, 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 and then all of a sudden they have, uh, something come along, and they're like, "Well, what, what were, you, what was wrong with your thinking, or what were you, whatever, to attract that?" And it's no, it's almost this punitive. is this is all, this is very dangerous, it's crazy, it's very dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's what I call, with all due respect, kindergarten spirituality. Um, I've been doing mm-hmm. this for a long, long, long time, and magical thinking, uh, thinking that all I have to do is blank and everything will be fine, or Everything that's happening to me is happening because I thought the wrong thought or thought the right thought is, is a real simplification. Um, there's many laws of, um, you know, of, of reality if you really study and read and understand and go back to all of the ancient scriptures of many, many traditions. Yes, there's a law of attraction. There's also the, the law of alignment. There's also the law of karma. There's, also, there's a lot of laws. There's, in other words, laws of nature. It would be like saying all there is is gravity. You know, gravity, that's it. No, there's many laws in physics. There's gravity. There's entropy. There's, you see? And, and it's complex. It's not simple. And uh, I, I agree with you. Using spiritual knowledge, I always tell my students, don't use wisdom to beat yourself up and torture yourself. Don't use some kind of spiritual knowledge to punish yourself. If, if that's what you're getting out of it, it's incomplete information. So I, I honor everyone who's learning and I honor everyone who's trying to teach others, but uh, there's a difference between you know, studying something and one of my pet peeves is somebody reads a few books and they take a few workshops and they're suddenly a teacher. And no, God bless them for wanting to help. But... Um, you have to teach from your state of consciousness. You can't teach from your mind. You have to have grounded everything. You have to have understood it. You have to have compassion for the journey, and you have to see the nuance of everything as opposed to, you know, uh, reading a few. It would be like going to a surgeon who read a few books on surgery and decides to take, has a knife, has a nice knife, ordered it on Amazon, and is going to cut over your brain, you know. Um, no, you need somebody who's operated on a ton of people and understands if you're doing this, it might mean this. If this happens, the color of the blood, you see. So um, th- this is why I've been right. doing this for a long time, and it's why I keep writing, and it's why I keep teaching, and why I do wonderful shows like yours. And, you know, since you, you okay, you've been on the front lines. So you've seen a lot of change in our world. You've seen a lot of change. I mean, the personal growth industry is is booming. And, you know, we have these podcasts. I mean, I would, you know, I had a traditional radio show for a long time, and I resisted this format for a while. But I have to tell you, you know, I was there when Hay House launched, um, Louise Hay launched her Hay House uh, radio in Las Vegas in 2005, I think it was. And I was, I just happened to be at a conference in Chicago when Oprah Winfrey, you know, uh, you know, started her radio show. It's, it's, it's interesting in these times with technology how many people ha- are seeking a connection and to understand via the internet, via books, etc. I mean, and yet, and yet, I, I like your take on like the young people of today. They seem to me a little bit brighter and shinier. And they seem like they express love more easily. Or maybe I'm just imagining this. Um, but but you're, you, you have to be working with all generations. I mean, what do you see as changing right now with love and, and people learning what you're teaching in this book? What do you see the biggest change over the years of your teaching? Well, I think you've brought up several really fantastic points. Um, technology is fantastic. 
and technology is terrible. Technology, like any advancement, has also brought a lot of problems. Um, the um, it makes us, you know, able, as you said, we, you know, I have had a regular huge radio show in Los Angeles for years. Now I have a radio show on Hay House Radio every Wednesday at two. I love it. I'm reaching people all over the world every week. I have a huge following. When I had my huge show in Los Angeles, it reached everybody in, you know, California. But that was the limit of technology. So I'm with you. You know, I'm, you know, I'm an older generation, and it's taken me. Uh, a while, even I was so late on Facebook, it's not funny. I, when Facebook came out, I thought, why do I want to take a picture of my dessert? I didn't understand Facebook at the time. Now I have a huge Facebook following, but, but, but my Facebook following is less than it would be if I'd started when I should have 10 years earlier because I just didn't understand it. So, you know, I've had to adjust to it. What's changed? Yeah. There's several things happening right now, and one of the things I talk a lot about in the book is people understanding things they might be experiencing now what I call cosmic grief, what I call a lot of vibrational dissonance, things that are affecting how you feel emotionally about yourself, about the world, that you may wonder about and think, why am I feeling this way? What am I doing wrong? Is it my husband? Is it this? Do I need to quit my job? We're living in a time of tremendous acceleration, emotional velocity, and also a time of as it's pretty obvious, you know, great, great agitation and collision between light and dark. It's very disturbing. Now more than ever, anyone who is on a path of growth needs to accelerate your process of transformation, healing, and awakening. No matter how fast you think you've been going and shifting, you can say, oh, two years ago I had a great revelation. You need to have more. You need to go faster. Your energy is needed now. No matter how much we think we're healing, we can heal more deeply and let go of more. And as I say in the back of the choice for love, in the back flap, no matter how much we think we're loving, both ourselves and others, we can love more. Now more than ever, the choice for love is what I believe an essential spiritual practice and the highest service to our planet and humankind. We are all vibrationally connected. We are all affecting everybody. Our hearts have a huge electromagnetic field that goes out from them all the time. Forget your thoughts, by the way. The energy around the heart, the physical heart, has 5,000 times more of an impact than your thoughts. So the idea of you know, controlling your thoughts and managing them is one thing, but on one level it's outdated because what you're feeling, not what you're thinking about what you're feeling, what you're feeling, how you're vibrating, is having way more of an impact then your thoughts are on other people, trust me. This is physics now telling mm-hmm. us this as they measure these things, as you know. So I believe each I, of us now is supposed to become what I call a living remedy, an ambassador of love. Not because you're saying nice things and doing things and tweeting nice pictures, but literally because of how you're vibrating, cleaning up all of that emotional debris in your own swimming pool, recalibrating, learning how to plug back into all of your circuits. So many of us have unplugged energetically in ways we don't realize, and we're not lit up as much as we should be. We don't have as much power as we should, as much love, as much wisdom, because we've literally unplugged. Learning how to raise ourselves to the highest, to do the work right now, this to me is a mandate. It's not even an option. It's one of the the questions you asked, how have things changed over the years with love? And to me, the idea of moving from me to we, to understanding that there is no me that's isolated from a we. The Internet, interestingly enough, is technology is reflecting a spiritual advancement, meaning the idea that we are operating separately, which you could easily think before the Internet, now you know, you write something, it could be everywhere. You, something's happening across the world, you can watch it live. And even though that has a lot of challenges with it, it also reminds us that we are one world and that, you know, that's not about a T-shirt and it's not about a tweet and it's not about a march. It's way more than all of that. It's knowing that each of us is changing the world in every moment. Right now, any of you listening are changing the world as you think, as you feel, and as you vibrate more than anything. And so to me, the greatest service that we can all offer the world is to walk around with a healed and open heart. That's why I created a lot of the techniques that I teach in The Choice for Love, 
and you know why I teach seminars on this and everything else to help people rise up to become living, breathing, awakened people, not acting like it, not just you know doing a bunch of spiritual shopping from one thing to another, but really living it in a grounded way. And I love your suggestions on some of your activities. Um, the seven essential choice for love daily actions are fabulous, just fabulous. And, you know, there's simple things that you can, you know, put into your daily life and uh, and it will make a difference immediately, you know. So I don't know if you want to talk about one in particular, but um, – I, I, I well, let me, that, let me, I, think I can teach everybody a really, one of the most simple choice for love techniques, if, if there's nothing else they could take from this, that's so easy and simple to practice. And the premise of all of this is that in each moment, we are, as I said, either vibrating at our highest, lowest, or in between, right? And so we are faced every day, forget your attitude about love, forget your spiritual beliefs, the minute you wake up, Life hits you, right? Today, everyone listening, stuff mm-hmm. has already happened today to everybody that you did not expect. And a lot of it's not good. And more is going to happen after you finish listening to this podcast. And some of it won't be good. What do you do about this? You just sit and, you know, read another spiritual passage? You have to deal with it. It affects you. So to me, yes. understanding this, you can one of the most simple choice for love practices that I teach in detail, well, I'll give you a little appetizer of it. It's very simple. The next time you experience stress, anxiety, upset, disappointment, a situation that's challenging, a situation that is creating anxiety for you, an encounter with somebody that did not go the way you wanted it to, uh, a disappointment or upset with somebody in your family, your child, your husband, your coworker. Very simple. To help you recalibrate and make what I'm calling the choice for love. In other words, to connect you with your most expanded heart. Very simple. You just think about the situation. You're in the situation and you ask yourself to start, how can I bring more love to, and you fill in the blank. How can I bring more love to this argument I'm having with my husband? How can I bring more love to the attitude my daughter's giving me? How can I bring more love to this meeting I'm about to go into at work? And at first, you know, your mind's going to go, you can't. You're, you're, you know, you're screwed. It's not going to happen. And you ask it again, how can I bring more love to this? What happens when you say that? The first thing to notice is the question itself is shifting you. Think about the questions we usually ask when we're in a difficult situation. So you can all think of something right now that's been difficult recently. Usually what we're saying, we're asking is, how do I fix this? Or how do I fix the other person? Or what can I do to manage or control or manipulate or avoid this situation? How do I get out of this? Or even more, what could somebody, what should someone else do to bring more love to the situation because it's their fault. You see, I didn't do anything. These are not the right questions. When you say, how can I bring more love? What happens instantly? The minute you say, how can I bring more love? You've already shifted into a vibration of love. You're already bringing more love. The moment you say, what, what, that, what would that look like right now? Inviting your higher consciousness to give you some enlightened options. You see? And, when you do that, you're recalibrating to your highest, which is there. So, for instance, you know, how can I bring more love to the argument I'm having with my husband right now? And, you know, inside, you, you ask yourself that question, what would that look like? All of a sudden, some different thoughts come. Um, tell him I appreciate the fact that he's willing to argue with me and talk about it as opposed to walking away like he used to do. Give him a hug. Remind myself even now why, even though I don't like what he's doing, I love him. Uh, Suggest we take a break for two minutes. Take his hand and just say, I know it sucks that we're having this argument, but don't. How can I bring more love to this? What's happened? What happens is you haven't solved the problem. You're vibrating at a higher place. You're choosing love. And because of that, it will then create 
more solutions, more harmony, et cetera. And I have students, they use this all the time. How can I bring you know, more love into this meeting? Another version of it, when you're dealing with a person, anybody, stranger, friend, loved one, and uh, they're upset or you're upset with them, ask yourself, how can I serve this person with love right now? This is a big cosmic question. Well, serving them with love, for instance, might mean not giving them advice right then. You see, serving them with love might mean letting them know that, you know, how you're scared sometimes. These just recalibrate us to our highest. And there's so many techniques in here that are simple and powerful, and they work. Um, One of the most important, I think one of my favorite chapters is Digging for Gold in the Mud, about bringing love to impossible times. I have had so much mail. And, and email and posts about this, uh, I really talk about how do you experience love? How do you experience love for yourself when you're going through suffering, agony, difficulty, upset, grief, and remorse? Um, it's, it's all based on my own process and my own journey, and there's amazing techniques in there about how to deal with impossible times. And many of us are in impossible times right now. When you look at all the books that you've written, Secrets About Life, Every Woman Should Know, Chicken Soup for the Couple's Soul, How to Make Love All the Time, um, What Women Want Men to Know, uh, Real Moments for Lovers. I mean, you have really, you've gone across the spectrum with, with couples, with women, with individuals. You've written about passion. I mean, you, you have, stu- you, you're a teacher. You know this stuff. And it's like, I like that you're saying, okay, so if you have a disappointment or you have these feelings, you know, you don't just rise above them. You go, well, you do rise above them, but, but you're not saying to just run from them. It's almost like they're there, they're teaching you, love yourself through it. Is that a good You have to love yourself through it, and you have, you have to love yourself through it, and you have to learn uh, how to open to interfacing with what's happening and experiencing uh, the the shift it's going to take you through. It's not philosophical. I am not, as I said, I'm not a philosophical teacher. I like explaining basic principles in simple ways, and then I teach people the practicals. Because how many of us have ever been suffering, um, hurting, feeling unloved, for instance, or feeling angry or disappointed? And, and our, our spiritual mind is there saying, it's all love, everything's perfect in life, you know, God loves you. I'm, t- I'm sorry. That is not going to help you take away the pain in that moment. It, you, and, in fact, it can make you feel worse sometimes mm-hmm. because you're, you're hearing it and it's not doing anything. And then you feel like, oh, God, I'm, I'm a failure. I just did five minutes of affirmations. I didn't do a thing. I'm still crying. So, you know, there's Band-Aids for little cuts, and then there's, you know, therapy, um, you know, rehab, surgery for deeper wounds that we all have. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a surgery, surgery person. I help people do that. I'm an emotional midwife. And I, there's nothing that makes me happier than helping people reframe their journey in, in a way where they understand that actually they're not lost. They're going very fast. They just didn't recognize the scenery. Well, and you talk about that in your book. You talk about how things can get very speeded up, and that's not a bad thing. It's it's a vibrational thing. Um, maybe you could talk just a little bit about that. Like once once you have stepped into feeling that love, love it, it can be you know just come in, in in great waves, like you were talking about with the waves and. And how that frequency speeds up so many other things when you're in that, in that love, loving yourself, and then allowing yourself to feel the love from others. So, well, you know, I, it's not even lo- that, it's not love that speeds us, speeds it up. It's the intention to grow. You see, there's right. a lot of people listening right now who are experiencing what I call the divine discomfort, where there's a, they have a lot more questions than answers in their life. For instance, right now, they have a lot of things that aren't looking the way they think they should. They have challenges. There's things challenging their peace of mind, their sense of serenity. 
And that may not be because they've opened up to love. It's, it's just happening. Why is it happening? For several reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, it's the times that we are in right now. We are in a time of rapid acceleration. And acceleration means for anybody who's an old soul, for anybody who's on a path of growth. And if you're listening to this right now, I don't care what you're going through in your life or how you judge yourself. You're an old soul if you're listening to this beautiful program. Old souls uh, have fast-track lives. And what that means is you don't just learn one lesson a year. You know, it's an uneventful life. It's one thing after another after another. I always say old souls live karmically eventful lives. They don't just say, oh, yes, and, you know, I did one thing and I had one relationship. It's usually a lot more complicated than that. Whenever I talk about this to thousands of people, they just, like, laugh, they cry. They feel so relieved because they're thinking, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? How come I, you know, had, you know, got married three times? How come this? How come I've changed my career two times? What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. You're going fast. And, you know, I always give the analogy, if you're in a rowboat and you're slowly rowing on a lake and, you know, it's very gentle and, you know, your hair's in perfect shape, nothing's blowing, and you're slowly making progress, it's very comfortable. But if you're in a speedboat and it's going 100 miles an hour, not only are you feeling out of control, you can't see anything. You're going too fast. The spray is everywhere. You're completely soaked. And we're all in speedboats right now. Now, some of us decide it's too much and we get out of the boat for a while. And then we think, why is nothing happening? And then we get back in the boat. But we are in that time of acceleration. So understanding the scenery, understanding something else that I talk about in the choice for love, and that is we we pray for light, we ask for revelation, we want to be free, we want to be awakened, we want to get rid of all of our baggage, all these things. But what we, we have a childlike understanding that what that's going to be like is that one day we'll wake up and they'll be lifted up from us. You know, suddenly it's like, oh, you know, I've lost 100 pounds, it's fantastic. It does not happen that way. What happens when we start to see, when we start to... Look, when we start to question, when you turn the light on, the first thing you see is everything that was in the dark when you had the light off. So the first thing that happens, I always say, one of the first signs that you're growing on a spiritual path is shock. Shock. Oh, my God, I can't believe that pattern. I can't believe I didn't see that. I can't believe how I've been sabotaging myself. This is not a bad sign. It's a wonderful sign. It's the sign that you you are seeing. And I have another saying, when the light is imminent, the darkness gets agitated. This is what describes what's happened on our planet, what's happening in the United States, for instance. When the light is imminent, meaning when there's more light coming, the darkness gets agitated. And that means when your own light of seeing more, feeling more, loving more starts to build, anything that is not that in you, will start to get revealed. It'll become really clear, kind of like if you haven't cleaned a drawer or the back of your car or a room for a while and the door's closed and you think it's fine. The minute you open it up, you turn on all the lights, you open the shades, you start seeing stuff you didn't even know was there, you see. And this is what happens on our path, and this is where many people panic. And they go, oh, my God, I was so much better off when I was unconscious. Haven't you heard people? Haven't you ever thought that? Uh, that. When I was unconscious, I I didn't even know I had these issues. You know, now I have them. This is normal. And so these are just the kinds of things that I write about, I teach about in my seminars. You know, when I go to Omega, Kripalu, any place and teach, or my seminars I teach in California, that help people calm down. They go, oh my God, that makes so much sense. There's actually nothing wrong with me. Actually, I'm really doing well. And this shifts us and allows us to go faster, allows us to have less drama in our lives, and to experience more fulfillment more quickly. So, would you be kind enough just to talk about just a little bit, you know, we have a lot going on politically. We have a lot of um, tension, shall we say, you know, now 10, 10 countries cannot carry laptops or any kind of electronic devices into our country. You know, we have a, a, a conference about Africa and about the global things happening. With, you know, it's a business conference, and yet they were all denied visas, so they, they, they can't even be here for their own summit. 
which is, you know, really, it's all part of the same thing that's going on. Um, I mean, it's different, but it's the same. You talked about how sometimes politics can bring up emotional wounds, and then all of a sudden, now we have this coming up for healing. You know, love brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of healing. So here we have this love, we have this light, and we've had a country divided, and yet now it feels like it's maybe recalibrate, not maybe, it's, it's all part of the process of, of like you described with the light and the love coming in. But can you talk just a little bit about the emotional childhood wounds that perhaps were activated during what's going on right now? Absolutely. I've been talking a lot about it in all my shows and in my seminars. I talk about it in the book um, and one of the last chapters. It's really important. The first thing I want to say to everybody um, and I hear this all the time from people who, and I'm sure you do too, as they say, you know what, um, it's just so negative. It's everything so negative. I'm just staying out of it. I'm not watching. Do you, I, I'm just out of it. You know, I don't want anything to do with it. My answer to them is there is no out. We're, there is no out. We're all in. You see, we're in. We are a part of this vortex called humanity. There is no out. And yes, and I'm just going to read you something quick from, I just opened it up to the, from the choice, you know, for love. And I remember this from a very young age of, um, you know, that the top, this, you know, on page 255, if anyone has it, and it's a chapter called Healing the Heartbreak of the World. And it starts out with a quote from me. It says, at times like this, I feel so far from home. And this was something I wrote in a journal 45 years ago, 50 years ago. And many of us, and haven't we felt this recently? We have moments when we look around, and I'm going to read this, at the overwhelming suffering and ignorance of the planet and think, can't I just run away and live on an island and leave everyone who's ruining everything to destroy one another? Haven't I done enough good already? Why am I the one who has to fix things? Throughout history, even saints, masters, humanitarians, and visionaries have become frustrated and burdened by the force of darkness that does exist in this world and we ask ourselves these questions how can people descend into such hatred how can people be so cruel and unfeeling to other human beings how can there be tyranny etc 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 and my answer to this is that it's the denial of the the we we that allows evil to exist in the world and let me read you this quote all delusional separation and disowning of our ultimate spiritual and vibrational relationship with one another is the cause of all that is dark in the world, from the smallest act of unkindness or prejudice towards others, all the way to every war, every atrocity, every unthinkable expression of inhumanity. Because the, the denial of the we, and by the way, I'm not just talking for everyone listening about the stuff you see on TV. Believe me, I'm right there with you. I'm talking about in each moment, any moment we're cold to someone we love, any moment we're not compassionate. We can't just look and point our fingers at what's happening on the outside and say, aren't they horrible? We must look at every place inside of ourselves that reflects any of it. And so that feeling of the we saying, I'm not a we, I'm me. it's me and you, you're different, whether it's with your husband, your child, your coworker, your mother. And it says, the, the denial of the we proclaims, you and I are not connected, and therefore you are no part of me or anything I am. You are not me, you are not mine, therefore I denounce you, and because there is no thread binding us, I can fill it in, persecute you, abuse you, slaughter you, or in this case, judge you, not you know, be cold to you, not give you a hug, all the way down, because in this moment, you are nothing to me. In other words, you are not me. And the truth is, any great person on a spiritual path knows as we grow more and more in real, real spirituality, not the thought of it, we feel the we so much. You feel the we with a stranger. You see something on TV and you cry for someone you've never met because you start to actually experience that it, we are one. So anyone you see who is not doing that has a closed heart, is not feeling the we, and any great saint, any great master talks about this spontaneously from the Dalai Lama on Jesus because the experience when you're really in a high spiritual state is of the we, you see, is of the oneness. So that's the cosmic reason why this is all happening. But there is no out for all of us. And we each have to find ways to have as much compassion as possible. 
and to not point the finger at others, but to look at ourselves and say, where in me is there any place that is reflective of what I see and hate? And I just did a call with all my students. I say, where, you know, which parts of me do I, quote, elect every day? Am I electing my ego? Am I electing the part of me that gets cold? Am I electing the part of me that isn't honest? See what I mean? <laughs> so these, right. this to me is a spiritual challenge for all of us now. Believe me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in shock every minute. It's like a bad dream. And um, I understand the only thing to do more than ever, as I said, is to make the choice for love in each moment to recalibrate all of ourselves with love so that we are not reflecting anything that we see happening that we aren't in agreement with. And that love will transform things and bring more light as it has for the last decades. But now, more than ever, we're being called to do it even more. It's the only answer. You know, I mean, it's the only answer. And we are all so connected. And, you know, and I think that the world is feeling this rift right now, you know, on on so many levels. And, you know, they did a study after 9-11, and they, they, satellites, they looked down, they beamed down to Earth and just measured, you know, what was going on. And, and the whole Earth was lit up, and it was because of the compassion and the love. Correct. And, you know, so many, right. And it, it's, and it's, 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 it can be calibrated. You know, you can feel this love. It's not, I, I love how you say it's, it's, um, it's an energy, and it is. And the more you melt the ice, as you've said, the more it flows. And the more it flows, we can create these beautiful waves. And it's like thinking about us all coming together the way, you know, you describe this process and, you know, getting out of the head. Yes, you still have to have the head, but you have this heart. And the heart chakra expanding, just think what we could all do if we just chose love as much as possible. Just think what the world would be like. Well, that's what has been motivating me since I was a young child. That's what motivated me when I began my path and began being a teacher and writing. But my message is really a lot of people hear you say that in your beautiful way and say, oh, I'm doing that. And I'm saying, we all need to do it much more. And it's not a T-shirt, and it's not spiritual jewelry. <laughs> I have all that stuff. That's not right. it. And it's not, you know, sending out a quote from somebody. That's all wonderful. You have to be a living, vibrating representative of it. You have to look at every place you're not making the choice for love. You're not loving. You're not having compassion for yourself. You are freezing up. You're protecting. You're withholding. You're modulating your love or kindness because of what other people do, feeling righteous about it. So purifying the ego is one of the most important spiritual practices that there is. So listeners, there are some beautiful giveaways um, on Barbara's website. It's Barbara, uh, here's how it's spelled, B-A-R-B-A-R-A-D-E-A-N-G-E-L-I-S.com. And uh, Barbara, you know, do you want to talk about some of your giveaway? I mean, it's beautiful. I love. Yes. No, I love. I love. I love offering. So several things. One is if you, um, I want everyone to at least, if you're not rushing out to go on Amazon right now and um, buy the book. The book's been just a bestseller since it came out. Thank God and thank you all of you who've bought it. But if you're, um, if you would like a free chapter of the book, you can just go to the front page of my website. BarbaraDangels.com, just scroll down and you'll see. Download a free chapter, hit it, bang, your free chapter is right there for you. Um, secondly, um, if you go to BarbaraDangels.com, forward, put in forward slash free gifts, one word, you're going to get to a special page that I made just for you in the show. And on there, also, that's another way, not only is the free chapter there, but a whole seminar I gave, including meditations, audio download, just for you. And Please, if you do buy The Choice for Love or if you have bought it, go to thechoiceforlove.com, which is just the book page that's part of my website, and you'll see all these amazing free gifts, meditations, my six-hour love secrets online course, all still available up there. I'm about to take them down, free when you buy the book. It's like hundreds of dollars of stuff and incredible meditative journeys, all downloadable immediately and free. So if you... If today you're thinking, this is great, uh, order the book, 
And as soon as you have your little order number, go put it in, and you'll get all of that stuff immediately. Even if you gave the book to somebody, everything else is worth so much. And it's my way of thanking you for making the choice for love. Well, and I thank you for being my guest. And um, I just want to read from your from your website. It's Transformation from the Inside Out. And I love your quote that you created. Our, our responsibility as conscious beings, sincere seekers, and planetary transformers is to rebirth ourselves over and over again. And you are an inspiration, and I just want to thank you for the work you're doing and... Thank you for being so generous and keeping us on track. Help support us. <laughs> so thank you so well, much, Barbara. And, you're welcome. Um, thank you for the light you're sharing, for having me. I'm happy any time to spend time talking with you. And I'm sending everybody so much love, so many blessings for their journey. And it's my honor to support you on your path of transformation. Thank you so much. Okay. Good night, everyone. Share this podcast with others. Thanks so much. Okay, good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.